The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. This is a show that champions entrepreneurs, startups, in fact, Everyone that's in business, whether large or small, and we're heard right around the world, same time, every week. Now, I want to thank you again for making us the number one business radio show in the world for entrepreneurs. We begin each week with a little segment called Bob's Thought for the Day. These are just little ditties and sayings that I pick up or find, and uh, they're really simple, but give us reason to think. Today, I've got... Three sayings related to leadership. The first one is one that I've observed firsthand over and over again. The saying is, the trouble with the world is that the stupid are so confident. How true is that? You know, I, um, I come across that all the time. And the trouble with the stupid is they don't shut up. They just keep sprouting their theories and um, eventually... They wear people down and they listen to them. And uh, Tom was ill um, a year or so ago and I was selected to um, fill in for him on a speaking tour that he had scheduled and that was that was great. Uh, don't create followers, they create more leaders. The third saying today is also very true, but it's surprisingly difficult for most business people to do for some reason. In my experience, most managers have empowering people. They seem to be concerned that a little bit of power they give to someone else somehow detracts from their influence. And the saying is, the best executive is the one who has sense enough to pick good men, restraint to keep him from meddling with them while they do it. And managers who can follow that pretty simple piece of advice are dead. The more power you get yourself and the more successful your business is. Difficult to do, but very true. I was very fortunate yesterday to enjoy a few drinks and a lengthy discussion with Professor Angus Hook, who is the Associate Dean of Nottingham University Business School, for 15 years with the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, including two years in Paris as IMF representative to the OECD. He's also undertaken numerous consultancies for the World Bank. I had the opportunity to ask him about the US debt. I'm 
I often wonder about the US debt, and it's always been my suspicion that um, it doesn't matter very much in the overall scheme of very limited knowledge of global finance, really. I've never thought it was that much of an issue. Now, his view was that it is an internal political discussion and that the public debt in the US is really relatively small compared to the massive public assets. Therefore, the debt is not a problem in the near or longer term. Again, we have politicians trying to scare the hell out of us for their own selfish, short-term political gains. It was also interesting to see during the week that the four ad execs who ran the first internet ad on Hotline in 1994 had now admitted that they hate it. <laughs> I could have told them that. This is known for a long time that web ad banners are the lowest common denominator of web advertising. You know, web users essentially ignore them. The creative space they offer is limited. The only reason that they still exist is that replacing them with something new, more interesting or more effective seems to be a lot easier said than done. Banner ads continue to exist because they can run pretty much anywhere across hundreds of millions of websites and apps. Now, GM O'Connell, founder of Modern Media, the agency that created the first banners, said, the creativity is disappointing at best. It's easy for me to say that it sucks, but I really don't know what a better thing is. All I can say to that is, I totally agree. They suck. In my view, there's no question that the most significant change in the way we communicate these days is the email. If you're like me, you get about 400 emails a day. Half of them are crap, but it's a fantastic way to not only keep up with friends, but a business, politics, entertainment, lifestyle, health, and it just goes on and on. It is a fantastic tool. Of course, it's also a great way to do business and to communicate your business attributes to others. According to Forrester Research, marketers will send out a record 258 billion, with a B, emails this year. Now, that's a 63% jump from just 12 months ago. I can attest to that. My email box just seems to get bigger and bigger. The techniques to obtain data about clients and potential clients, and some of these companies are building just enormous email lists. However, I was reading just this week that just as many companies are overlooking the big opportunities to improve their targeting, their relevance and their performance with their email marketing. A recent survey by CEB of more than 800 marketers at Fortune 1000 firms, so that's the, the largest thousand firms in the country, showed on past experience and gut decision-making to create and optimise their campaigns. Seems pretty extraordinary, doesn't it? Only 11%, 11, that's about 80, are using data. To me, 
in an era where obtaining detailed data on almost everyone is pretty easy to do, 11% is ridiculous. Even more extraordinary was the fact that data ranked dead last on their list of available resources. Now, these are Fortune 1000 companies we're talking about. They've got the resources and can buy the best available technology and talent. More of what you'd expect from you know, small businesses that don't have these opportunities. But for big companies, with all their resources, making more money than ever before, it is woeful. So... I guess the fact that only 80 out of the Fortune 1000 companies are using data gathering techniques is not really surprising because email marketing's been very successful and very profitable for a long time just using a shotgun approach of blasting stuff out there. And if you blast out enough emails at an extremely low cost, you're probably going to get pretty good results and a good return on investment. However... Next year, there's going to be a minimum of 400 billion emails, and this is going to continue to grow exponentially, which means most of us will get pissed off. We're going to be much more selective in the emails that we open, far more selective than the one we actually read from top to bottom, and more particularly, we're going to be more selective in what we act upon. Add to this all the advertising that's coming at us on mobile now and all the videos and all the rest of it, we are going to be scrapped for time and going to become much more selective in, with our emails. We will all have email fatigue. The result is it's going to become more and more difficult to engage the consumer without having much more targeted ads much more relevant content and really good, strong messaging. The market that will be successful today and in the future, you know, it's the marketers that are data mining to gather as much information on their potential customers as possible so that they can give their email marketing campaigns much more precision in who they target create more emotional and lifestyle connection with their customers, cre create a lot more relevance. They've got to create more predictability around buying decisions and the segments are likely to buy. Predictive purchasing, it's been around for a long time. So with predictive purchasing and understanding a customer's price points, it's much easier to entice them to buy. So the first question that one needs to ask is, what kind of impact can data emails, secondly, in providing them with the right information at the right time, and thirdly, getting them to act on it? Now, they're the hard questions, aren't they? Now, according to a senior retail group, Data-driven triggered email campaigns have been shown to achieve exceptional results. So listen to these. For example, data-driven email campaigns produce a 70% increase in unique open rates. So for any marketer, just that statistic alone 
will make an enormous difference to the results of any campaign. Data-driven campaigns will also produce a 55% increase in unique click-through rates, and most importantly, a 300% increase in dollars per email delivered, with a 225% increase in conversion rate. Wow, I'd be out there gathering as much information on customers as possible beginning yesterday. So I found these results to be really remarkable and to justify pretty much whatever it takes to obtain the right data. The good news is you don't have to be a researcher or a technical wizard to obtain this information. You simply need to identify the most relevant types of customer data you should be working with and then creating more personalised campaigns that have a good chance of boosting results. Now, there are four key types of customer data that every email marketer in every company needs to get to understand. The first of these is basic email interaction data, which shows where customers have clicked within the email, as well as your open rates, open links, clicks, custom conversions, related all, all the related metrics. The second is web interaction data, which can give you an in-depth understanding of how customers are browsing your website. For example, abandoned shopping carts and completed applications, they're going to show you what consumers are in the market for, therefore telling you what kind of email campaigns they will open and the ones that they'll probably act on. The third type of customer data that you need to understand is past purchase information, which can be a valuable predictor of a customer's next purchase. For example, if they just bought a, an iPhone, you know they're probably going to buy a case and maybe a screen protector and some other stuff. So you can target them with that. The next step is to define segments based on the data collected and design your email campaigns accordingly. The final key, it's handy to know location, age and gender, but that's what's so important today is there's such a huge difference between a person's biological age and their chronological age. You know, I know people of 65 that look like they've been dead for five years, and then on the other hand, you've got Mick Jagger at 70 who acts like a teenager, so age doesn't matter that much anymore. You should make sure you're constantly updating your customer data. Now, this study, to me, just reinforces the old saying that I remember from years and years and years back, that the ABCD of marketing is always be collecting data. It's true. It's always been true. It's never been so true. And it's going to become more and more important in the future. Don't forget, this program is all about you, the entrepreneur, or the small business person that's listening, looking for tips on how to be more successful. That's what we're here for. This whole show is dedicated to assisting entrepreneurs. So if you've got a question, please, you know, don't hesitate to email me directly at bob at bobpritchard.com and we will answer it on air or we'll email you directly. You're listening to the number one show in the world for entrepreneurs, the Bob Pritchard 
radio show. And we're going to be back in just a moment with a great interview with a fellow countryman of mine, um, an Australian. We've both been living in Los Angeles for a long, long time. His name's Adam Hudson, and he's the guy responsible for those fantastic animated company promos that you see on websites, websites, <laughs> in presentations, and on YouTube. Be back in a moment. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is the part of the show where we talk to highly successful people. People that have started a business from scratch and have done extremely well and that are making a difference to how we all do business. Now, there are some extraordinary talented people in this world and uh, I love to speak with them because, you know, I'm just an average Joe that became an entrepreneur and I need to learn and continuously learn and I find that people like my next guest can teach me a lot. Now, my aim in these interviews is to find out what are the characteristics of these people that make them tick, that make them successful when 97.4% of all entrepreneurs fail? So what is it that makes that two out of a hundred highly successful? My guest today is Adam Hudson. Now, he's a really good guy. I'm proud to say he's a friend of mine. He's a fellow countryman who's come to Los Angeles and has done extraordinarily well. He's also a member of Metal, the uh, mentor group that I often mention on this program that I belong to in Los Angeles. Now, Adam's the founder and CEO of Firestarter Videos, great name, which is one of the fastest growing animation studios in America. Based in Hollywood, where else? Firestarter Videos helps companies and other organisations to explain what they do, and they do it, 
they explain it easier. For some reason, when you watch a Firestarter video, you get a much better impression of what the company actually does than by reading a whole bunch of words on a page. And they they do it by using animated videos. And they do everything from whiteboard animations through to cartoon videos. Most of these videos run for less than two minutes. And Firestarters work from for everyone, from NGOs like UNICEF to Fortune 500s like MasterCard, right through to small businesses and tech startups all over the planet. This is not just in America, so it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can use this company, and they're great. I've actually been um, looking at using Adam to do one, uh, do a an animation for, for my business because it's really difficult these days to cut through the clutter. There are so many people who do similar things to what nearly all of us do, and... Uh, We've got to differentiate ourselves, and, and that's difficult. And this is one really successful way of differentiating yourselves and have people notice you. Hi, Adam. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Hi, Bob. Great to be with you. So what exactly is an explainer video? Well, look, Bob, probably the best way to explain what an explainer video is by telling you a very short story. I used to have salespeople all over the country when I lived in Australia. Now I live in LA, as you mentioned. And the challenge that I saw with my salespeople, they used to sell services, um, text messaging services to uh, small business owners. The challenge they had was explaining what the services did in a clear, simple, and quick way to the customers that they were serving. Yeah. And so a few years back, I hired a company to make a short, 90-second video to, that just quickly explained, you know, exactly what each of the four products I had did, yeah. and then we put them onto the salespeople's iPads. And from almost the day that they started to show those videos, just by putting the uh, iPad in front of the customer and watching a little cartoon that quickly explained it, my sales increased almost doubled just as a result of our uh, our salespeople having an efficient way to explain uh, what the products and services do. So the ability to explain what you do quickly, effectively, and concisely is one of the most important things in business, no matter what you sell, and that's what we do. Absolutely, because it's really difficult, no matter how much you sort of practice that. It's not exactly an elevator pitch when you're going in to outline your services, but almost an elevator pitch. No matter how much you rehearse it, it always seems to go off track, and, and I think there's something about if you're listening to pictures all day, every day, all of the words all blur into each other. Everybody's got the same stuff to say. And there's just something about um, these videos that, you know, I go on your website and have a look, and there's something about videos that just make it easy and they engage the listener rather than just somebody yapping at them. Is that Light on in people's hair. That's what it's about. And uh, it's a skill, and not a lot of people have that skill. Some people do, and, and they're often really great salespeople. They're able to put things in a way that people can understand them. Yeah. But a lot of people struggle with that, and the beauty of animation is you can sit down when you're not in the pressure of the elevator, so to speak, or the list where you've got to come up with it on the spot. You can sit down and calmly think about a way to explain it, and then you can get that pitch exactly perfect and then you know lock it in time in the format of a video so that it's perfect every time. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. As I said, I, I think I mentioned to you last metal that I'm um, I'm actually looking at doing it for myself. Um, right. So what? We've all got websites, and we've all got you know fifty pages on our website that go on with endless drivel. So why do companies need and explain a video and not just the website that they've already got? Well, look, Bob. I think if you just look at the data in the U.S. Every 24 hours, 89 million people in the United States today are going to watch 1.2 billion videos online today. That's just today, according to Comscore. So the bottom line is people prefer to watch video over reading text if both are available. Um, and so I think that's the first thing to really think about. And and people in a recent survey by Envideo, uh, and sorry, Envoto, 52% of consumers said that after watching a product video, they feel more confident in making an online purchase. So there's something about video and uh, the ability to watch it that just, I think people trust more and, and, and it could be that it's, it takes more to produce. It could be that it um, presents the information in a more engaging fashion. I'm not 100% sure exactly what it is, but I know that the data supports, um, you know, consumers preferring video over text. So that's, that's the first thing, and, and I think probably the most important thing is what the, the market wants. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Because it, it is much more enjoyable to watch it, and particularly if they've got a bit of humour in them, you know, because I know that, you know, if I'm going into pitch, and I'm a fairly confident pitcher, but you, you do get a little bit nervous depending on how important it is, and, you know, you, you, you're not quite as smooth flowing, and, and humour certainly goes out the window, um, and there's something about a... a a video that is engaging and it's a little bit funny and it's you know you you've seen it for the first time therefore it's 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 really interesting to you. So, it, yeah, it is, and, and as I always say, you know, a picture paints a thousand words. Yeah. So a, a moving picture paints even more. <laughs> so, I, yeah. That's absolutely true. So, what are the keys to creating a great explainer video? I come to you and I say, hey, for for Bob Pritchard, I want a really hot explain a video what's the process so the first step in making a video and probably the most important step is the script and people always are shocked when I say that because when people think about animated videos they start thinking about what sort of cartoon characters or what images they want and all that stuff it's a bit like going to the movies you know the best movies are the ones with the best stories Um, and the story always wins so the first place you start is in writing the script and, uh, you know, and the script has a very basic structure with most explainer videos. The first thing they do is explain what the problem is that your, you know, product or service solves. Yep. The second thing it does is it explains how you solve it. And the third thing you do is you tell them what you want them to do next. Yes. Very simple. So you create the pain, you make your service the solution to that pain and to action. So that's the basic outline. The script is where you start. Um, if you, just for the listeners out there, if you've got a complex you know, uh, product or service to explain, uh, it's really important that you relate what, um, you know, something that they do know and understand and then link that to your product or service. For example, one of the first videos that was really an explainer video to become famous was the one that the founder of this industry, a guy called Lee Lefevre, is an awesome guy and his wife make explainer videos and they did one for Twitter. 
And right. you know, Twitter is actually quite a complex thing to explain. But what they did is they started off by telling you know, giving you examples of how you know Twitter could uh, you know be useful to you. Like you know, you have a friend and your friend's doing this, and that's interesting to you. So they're explaining something that you understand as opposed to trying to explain Twitter, yes. um, which is a, a really good tip. So relate the unknown to the known um, is a really good way for complex stuff. So it starts with a script, and then you go into storyboarding next, which is where we hand-draw all the art. And yes, we actually still hand-draw with pens and pencils. <laughs> and then the next day is we go into animation as a last step. So it starts with scripting, storyboarding, and then animation is the final stage. Well, the- who who actually comes up with a script? Is it the, is it you guys? Um, because most of us who have delivered the same pitch to countless tens of thousands of companies over the years, we, we're pretty set in our minds about how we deliver. And obviously, mm. if, if we were that successful, we'd be retired by now. So <laughs> we're not so good at delivering pitches. So how do you how do you ensure that? Um, the storyboard that I, the, sorry, the um, script that I give you is not just the same old crap that I've been delivering for years. Yeah, so look, what we do is we, we start off by giving our clients an online questionnaire, right. which is where we ask them all kinds of stuff from, you know, who is your audience, uh, how old are they, you know, all that kind of stuff. We find out whether it's consumer-facing video or a business-facing video. We ask them what the common objections are that their customers often have in the searching phase. So, you know, are they worried about price? Are they worried about timing? What are the, you know, objections or misconceptions? And then, you know, we basically brainstorm after doing a live interview with the client. So our scriptwriter interviews and then they go away and write the script. So, um, generally it's a, it's quite, it's a, it's a very structured and, um, you know, uh, repeatable process that we do with clients and clients often go through it even if they've got a script they'll often go through the script writing process with us just to see what we come up with and I think some of the other things that we add value is we, when we write the script we're writing it with the format in mind for example we know that we're turning in this into a video so we'll put little things in the in the script that will translate well to that format right. uh, and add some humor and some personality. Like we just did one for a software company targeted at the legal profession, you know, and it sort of said, you know, meet Dave. Dave is an attorney and this is the problems that Dave has. Well, we went through and said, this is Dave. Dave's a rock star attorney. And all of a sudden now we put Dave visually on the stage, you know, with his suit and tie on, but also an electric guitar around his neck. And all of a sudden it had gone from a boring software video to casting the, the target market as rock stars, you know? Yeah. And the video became really, really fun to watch and really interesting because it wasn't this dry corporate, you know, video. It, it, it brought some humour and, and light, uh, levity to, to an otherwise serious, you know, sector. That, that's really creative because trying to, trying to transform a lawyer into a rock star takes a fucking hell of a lot of doing. I mean, they are as boring as batshit, most of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I think you did pretty well with that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's it. You know, we try to inject humour where it's appropriate. Like, if you go to our homepage, you'll see we have a video that explains our creative process, and we say that we have this army of underground slaves that we whip mercilessly day and night, and, you know... <laughs> well, I know you, so I know that's literal. true. 
<laughs> that's right, that's right. But the great so, thing is you don't have to be literal in animation. You can, you know, you've got a little bit of poetic license and you can inject humour and, and have some fun with it. Most of these would presumably um, be a, a presentation tool, but they would also be up on the website. Um, do, do any of these ever sort of make their way to YouTube and and um, create waves that way? Yes, always. YouTube is now the second biggest search engine in the world, so uh, we always recommend our customers to put their videos in YouTube and we even help them optimise it. So they end up everywhere from email signatures, where every time you send an email, we say to our customers, put an image at the bottom of your video that hyperlinks to YouTube so they can go see your video. We'll put that on their iPads for salespeople. They go to YouTube, they go to Facebook, uh, and, of course, the website where they do most of the heavy lifting. I love it. I, I've said to you before, I think it's sensational. Now, I've seen some videos online that look like, you know, there's an artist drawing really quickly on a whiteboard while a voiceover tells you what's going on. What are those videos called? And are they more effective than other types of videos? What's the most – is yeah. a cartoon more important than a sort of stick drawing figure thing or is there no difference? Look, they're, um, they're what we call whiteboard animation, and they're very, very popular uh, in the same way that when you're sort of walking along the street and you see a street artist doing a caricature somewhere, if they're any good at all, you'll start to see a crowd gather. Yeah. And there's something about watching the, the live creative um, expression of an idea uh, that draws people in. And uh, for certain types of, um, you know, concepts, it's very effective, especially technical concepts, um, you know, where, you know, you're sort of attracting curious minds, I suppose. Yeah. Um, the other thing to keep in mind with whiteboard animation is that less, you can do a little bit less with expression because you don't have the same amount of movement. So, for example, if you're saying Bob gets really frustrated with this problem, if it was and cartoon animation where you show Bob with his cheeks getting red and steam coming out of his ears, whereas if it was a whiteboard animation, we could just draw a picture of a frustrated Bob, which is, you know, equally yeah, uh, sure. good, but, you know, not quite flexible. But it can be very, very effective, and we do a lot of whiteboard animation as well. It's, it's a great medium. So when you were going to kindergarten and you were five years old or whatever, did you draw all this stuff all over the walls and things? Has this been something that you've done since you were a young tot? No. You grew up wanting to be a lawyer, right? <laughs> exactly. God help us out with that. Yeah, no, I, I just enjoy what I do. I absolutely love it. And we go to work every day. We've got our employees take their dogs to work and we, we have a very, very good environment. We're very lucky to get to you know draw for a living, so it's fun. Well, that's what that's what makes successful businesses. I mean, you trot, you know, I trot around the world and look at um, great offices, and I remember ten years ago, or, or probably more, when the creative shops in London started putting um, um, cafe bars and and pool tables and exercise machines. And one group I went to in England probably 15 years ago had a coffee bar during the day which converted to a bar at 5 o'clock and staff could come and get a free drink and <laughs> play pool and all that sort of stuff. And it just well, changed. 
You're an Australian, Bob, and um, you could come to our office, but we have a 24-7 beer keg, and I don't know how that little long that would last around in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it it just makes working fun, and people love going to work. They talk about their work when they when they go out, you know, you go out with a group of people, you talk about your work and how much fun it is and all of that. And that's critical. I mean, when we first opened our office in, in Malibu, we had a chocolate wheel in the office where everybody that came in, they could be delivering, it could be a FedEx guy delivering something and they'd spin the chocolate wheel and there was, you know, like a bottle of Moet and a few books and some gifts and some chocolates and a whole bunch of crap. Um, but people would, you know, you'd get um, you'd get a, a FedEx guy would win a bottle of Moet and all he's doing is dropping off a parcel and he'd tell everybody else for the day, God, this marketing company down in Melbourne, I went in there and I spun the chocolate wheel, I won a bottle of Moet. It was the best publicity we ever had simply because it was a little bit different. So how do we go about getting a video made? What What's the process here? First of all, like, if you, you go, go ahead. Yeah, go on. You'll go. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, just dropped out. Um, yeah, if they want to get it, uh, you know, made through us, they just simply need to make an inquiry through our website, right. uh, firestartervideos.com. Yes. Yep. But, um, and that's probably the best place to start, even if you just want to ring up and have a chat and, um, you know, get some ideas. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's the first place. And, and start to think about, you know, what kind of messages you want to give to your uh, customer. And if you start, ask for help because, you know, as I say, so many businesses and, and especially entrepreneurs underestimate the, the, the critical importance of the ability for customers to go, oh, God, Bob, that's what you do. Now I get it. Because yeah. once you turn that light on in people's head, they want to do business with you. And the joy in our business is when uh, the entrepreneurs, they, they go, man, this is such a great piece of marketing. Why didn't I do this sooner? And more than that, their salespeople love it because you're opening, you know, the customer's mind to to what you do in really so quickly, you know. Uh, So many people get bogged down in the details that they never really get to the point where the customer says, this is amazing, I want to do business with you. Um, It's, uh, you know, we see it all the time. And in our own business, you know, we, we have salespeople who don't really have to sell because people have seen the video, they know what we do and they get it. And they want to buy, and that's that's really the shift that we that we make happen for companies. And so many companies with good products and services that just don't explain it well. And yeah, uh, yeah we're in the business of making that happen. Yeah. Uh, okay, the sixty-four thousand dollar question: How much does this cost? Is this going to send me broke? <laughs> that's a great question. There's actually, Bob, in this business, you'll find very few industries with as wide a price variation. As, uh, as in our industry, uh, we charge a shade over $3,000 for a video. That's including everything from writing the script all the way through to a finished video. And we're about the cheapest in North America. It starts at about three and a half, which is us. A vast majority of our competitors are around the four to six thousand and then it goes all the way up to twenty, thirty thousand dollars a minute for the very high end studio. So we're talking $3,500 a minute. Um, uh, for uh, 90 seconds, that is for a minute and a half, including everything, is 32.95 with us. 32.95. Now that right. that is extraordinarily cheap. When you think of, you know, if you, if you're going to go buy a newspaper ad or a magazine ad or even print a flyer that you go to or take a, a um, an ad on um, on the internet, 
you know, you spend 10 times that in a heartbeat and it's gone. You know, it, it comes and it goes. Yeah. The good thing that I see about this is you can use it in your signature, you can put it on your web, you can put it on YouTube, you can put it on your um, iPad when you go and make presentations. I mean, it's just so versatile um, that it seems to me that that's got to be the best deal in town. It is, and, and it, it, it touches on something that you pointed, you know, touched on before there, Bob, when you talked about the FedEx guy coming and spinning the wheel for the chocolate. You're actually making something for your customers to share for you because now more than ever through social media like Facebook and so forth, if people love your video, they will share it. And the yes. number of people that have shared our video because it cracks them up, when you go to our website, you'll see it. It's hysterical. Uh, it's completely you know, politically incorrect. It's very funny. And people share it all the time. Uh, so you're actually making a piece of marketing that if done well, people will share for you and it just goes on and on and on. So it, it's a great investment in your business. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm all for politically incorrect, as you probably know, and I'm all for being <laughs> as outrageous as I can be because these days you need to be. You know, I advise clients True. on how to market their business and if you're not outrageous and if you don't make a, a statement, then, you know, you just get lost in the in the great unwashed. Um, I well, am, something, Bob, you know, we... Sorry, go ahead. No, go on. I was just going to say, to that point, something we try to teach our clients is exactly what you're saying, is that, you know, going back a little bit, the, the safest place you could be was in the middle of the bell curve, where Coke made their fortune and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. Whereas now, if you look back over the last 10 years in the US, the two most successful cars are the Mini and the Hummer. And there's nothing about those two cars that are alike except one thing. They're both at the edges of the bell curve, and that's where sure. you need to move your company. You need it to get it so that it's outstanding and fringe-dwelling, and and, um, and that's what these videos do. Is it puts you there rather than being stuck in the middle where it's a dangerous place now. Well, it, it reminds me, it goes back, um, this shows my age a bit, but about 25 years ago when I first moved to L.A., um, I went to a presentation with a, a marketing group that were doing work for Disney, and... Uh, they said to me, if you're designing, for example, a letterhead, get a big wall and stick a thousand letterheads on it and put yours amongst it, turn your back, keep your eyes closed for two minutes, turn around, and if you can't see yours first, it simply isn't good enough. So if you can't stand out like that, just in a flash, it's not good enough. It's the same with marketing today in just about everything. If you don't stand out... Yep, that's great. That's dead you on. <laughs> are lost. So nothing's changed. The, the mode of delivery's changed, obviously, over 25 years, but the message is still the same. Exactly. Adam, thanks very, very much for joining me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. I am absolutely, unequivocally, definitely going to use your services. I will come and see you. Um, I really appreciate it. I need some really creative guys to help me though mate because I'm hopeless and the other thing when I sign the contract I expect a lunch now if you'd like to find out more about Adam and Firestarter videos you can go to firestartervideos.com where you can also catch some of the great presentations that they've done Adam I'll catch you on Saturday at Metal and I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard radio show right after this short break business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 
Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking No Bullshit Radio Show. Coming from you this week from my hometown of Los Angeles, where it's always fine and sunny. And if it's not fine and sunny today, you know there's 364 more sunny, fine days on their way. Now, this is the segment of the show where we bring you emails from our listeners all over the planet. And uh, the segment is extremely popular because irrespective of where you are in the world, the, advi- the advice we give is equally applicable. My first email today is from April Madison from Gilbert in Arizona. Never heard of Gilbert in Arizona, but welcome. April writes, Dear Bob, I really enjoy your program. It's a great benefit to me in my work. I am hoping to start my own business in the new year. So the information that I've gained from both the program and your book has helped me a lot in putting together my business plan and working out how to move forward. Well, that's great. Now, the question is, Bob, how do I make sure that my advertising message gets heard? I've been reviewing advertising costs, and it really is an expensive exercise, and it appears to be so easy to just waste money. April, (laughs) you are dead right. Advertising um, can be very, very expensive exercise. It's a, a bottomless bucket in which to throw money unless you do it well. Uh, the first step is to really hone your message and make sure that you are really focused and targeted to exactly your market. Um, that's really important. It's so easy to um, shotgun advertising, which unless you're a big guy, does you no good whatsoever. Um, in my discussion with Adam from Firestarter Video, I said that the key to being successful is clearly to differentiate yourself from all your competitors. Now, that is not easy because we're bombarded with marketing and advertising messages every minute of every day, and they're all aimed to catch your attention. And, uh, you know, so we, we need to create a positive impression, something memorable, and solicit a sale. Um, technology... You know, we're all sitting here carrying these mobile computers 
this makes it the barrage of advertising, promotion, videos, email messages, a constant one. But that makes it even more difficult for you to have your message cut through the clutter rather than just become more of the wallpaper. So it doesn't matter what medium you choose, whether it's print, digital, mobile, social, outdoor, something else, and, you know, ideally it should be a combination of a number of those, you've got to make your message as powerful and as distinguishable as you possibly can. And everybody who works for you and all of your suppliers and everybody you know should all be singing from the same hymn book. The more people you've got reinforcing your single, solitary, powerful message, the better and more effective your marketing will be. Everybody should know how to communicate that, I was going to say, um, elevator pitch, but it's it's more than an elevator pitch. But that basic information and enthusiasm and differentiation Communicate it clearly and passionately, and it will work. So how do you create and deliver a powerful marketing message? Well, it needs to be simple. It needs to really differentiate your business from your competitors. And it needs to be easily recalled and relayed to another person. Ideally, you need to have a very strong consumer purchasing benefit. That's the major reason why somebody should buy your product over a competitor's. And uh, it's the one thought that you need to penetrate the listener's subconscious mind, clearly differentiate you, and give you front of mind recall when somebody thinks about buying that type of product you're the one that instantly comes to mind. Now, think of Domino's Pizza. They had 30 minutes or it's free. Now, that shot them to the top in just about the most competitive business in the world, pizzas. I think there's 15,000 restaurants that sell pizzas in Manhattan, something like that. But Domino's has got a powerful position all over the world. And the interesting thing about their CPB, 30 minutes or it's free, it has absolutely nothing to do with the product. They don't say, look, this is going to be a hot pizza or a good pizza or the best pizza you've ever had or we're going to give you extra pepperoni. They don't say any of that. They just say, you know, doesn't matter what you're going to get, you're going to get it quick. And this simple message, 30 minutes or it's free, because that was what people were looking for, sent them through the roof. How about M&M's? M&M's came up with melt in your mouth and not in your hand. And this inspired millions of mothers to buy M&M's, which, because, well, they won't make a mess like all the other choices you've got, like regular chocolate. You know, I wouldn't let my son in my car with chocolate because I have white upholstery and you're going to have chocolate from one end to the other. But M&M's, ha, don't melt, in your, don't melt in your hand, they melt in your mouth. Well, that's not strictly true, but M&M's are okay in the car. You know, the US Army, I love this, some of our best men are women. Now, they're all CPBs that get your attention they get the message across clearly, concisely, 
and they create a recall. I'm sure all of you remember each of those, 30 minutes or it's free, melts in your mouth, not in your hand, some of our best men are women. I mean, we all remember those, despite the fact that we're getting millions of messages every day. So the first thing you've got to do is create a message that has five or six words that are indelibly imprinted in people's minds. Let me give you five ideas which I think will help you create your own indelible message. Firstly, you've got five or six words in which to get it across. And it's got to be a phrase that's easy to remember. Start that again. Easy to remember. The mind works faster than my mouth. That's the trouble. And immediately links the potential customer's mind to your product your service, or your business. Now, one great one that I, that I just flashed into my mind is um, um, copper tone. Tan, don't burn. So in three words, they tell you what you want to do and what you don't want to do, and their product delivers it. You get a great tan, and you're not going to burn, and that's an ideal slogan, ideal CPB. Three words. Secondly, you've got to sharpen all of your messages. In my view, the best way to do that, that is to create a series of messages and then you edit, edit them, you think of better ways to say them, you substitute words, you rewrite and you rewrite and you sharpen up your message until you've got three or four really focused and punchy messages. And then... You've got to make sure that each of those differentiates your offering from that of your competitors. Remember, it doesn't have to be specifically about the product or the service. Ideally, it's all about the benefit to the customer of using your product or service. Then you go, and once you think you've achieved that, maybe you've got one left, maybe you've got two, maybe you've got three, you go and test them and test them and test them with real people and ask them precisely what your message is saying to them. And it's really interesting because it's surprising, and I've done this a lot of times, that people say, well, that conveys to me such and such. And you think, well, God, that's not what I intended to convey. So the only way you can find that out is to go and ask people and then narrow it down, narrow it down, tighten it up until you get one. Thirdly, your message needs to be consistent and you need to coordinate it across every vehicle that you use to communicate with potential investors, uh, customers. Now, this could be um, you need to repeat it on letterheads, on business cards, on your car, on your hat, on your jacket, on invoices, on quotes, on in all your advertising, in all your posters, in all your billboard, every single place that you can possibly put that message, you need to put it. And it's amazing. In all your emails, and you sign off in your emails, on all your social media pages, just give it constant exposure and it works. The fourth tip 
is not to try and rush creating a message. I, I had an exercise with a company called Flare that made vanity cabinets, and it took us about four months to come up with the perfect uh, CPB for them, but when we did, it was fantastic, and it worked gangbusters. So you don't have to rush it. And I read that um, Neil Armstrong used, took the six hours and 40 minutes between his moon landing and the first step to craft that statement, one small step for man, one giant step for mankind. Um, so powerful and indelible, indelible messages, they just don't happen by accident. You've really got to work on them. The fifth tip when creating a memorable catchphrase is to ask questions and really listen to the customer. If you get into dialogue with a customer, more often than not, they will tell you what they are looking for and that gives you the clue as to that message that you're trying to hone. April, it takes effort to make ideas spring to life with words and images and you've got to get to understand your customers. We're going to send you out a copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition, and that will be sent off to you tomorrow. And if you're a regular listener to the show and are benefiting from the advice that my guests and I give you each week, please tell your friends to listen. Go to my website at bobpritchard.com and subscribe to my monthly newsletter, which is now out for the month of April. Send in your questions, email me at bobpritchard.com and follow me on Twitter, Facebook and Google+. I hope you enjoyed the show. We're pleased to have been bringing you the show since 2011. It's a heap of fun doing it each week. And I'll be with you at the same time next week, no matter where you are in the world, to address the critical issues that affect small business everywhere. So thanks for listening to The Bob Pritchard. This is the No Bullshit Business Radio Show for Entrepreneurs. And remember, if you're serious about being successful, this is the place to come every week at the same time. This is Bob Pritchard, and I hope you have a fantastic week. You've been listening to The Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.